0: Let's start a new year, shall we? <laughs> ah, new year, happy 2019. Holy moly, it's just amazing, isn't it? Okay, so it's been good so far, right? You got six days, you know, and not too much can go haywire at that time. Anyway, January's, January 2019, the theme is Embody Spiritual Principles. And remember, we, get, we take the themes of the Science of Mind magazine. Every month you get a magazine, right? Who has a magazine subscription? Everybody? Everybody, if you don't, come see us. We'll get you a magazine subscription. Uh, 2019, January, embody spiritual principles. And the talk for today is in the beginning. And you heard the quote, right, leading into meditation. In the beginning, the Christian Bible, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Now, if you go with John's interpretation, right, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Now, if you go with the Torah, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Or, it should read, When God began to create. Or, it says, In the beginning of God's creating, which makes it a continuous verb action. Or, With beginning gods and goddesses creating depending on which scholarly interpretation you go with. It's been debated since the Middle Ages what that first line said. That's what the Talmud is all about, right? The great debate over what it actually says, what verb was used, what the tense was. It, it, and it has been discussed ever since. The foundational work of the Jewish mystical thought, right, known as Kabbalah, their work is the Zohar. It says, all things that God creates in the lower realm are expressions of their spiritual roots, forces, and divine archetypes in the upper realms. The Tao says, the Tao that can be expressed is not the everlasting Tao. The name that can be named is not the everlasting name. Kind of all saying the same thing, aren't they, in their own ways? The first line of the Science of Mind textbook, chapter one, not the four four intros, but chapter one says, we wish to discover what to believe in why we believe in it, and why such a belief is reasonable, and insofar as possible to enter into the nature of the invisible cause of this manifest life of ours. So it's about knowing ourselves. It's always been about that, right? And Ernest Holmes goes on to say, in the beginning, God. Right? That's what he says, in the beginning, God. No material world, no system of planets, no visible form, pure intelligence. Spirit. Endless being. That's it. Creating everything out of itself and continuing to create to this day. So all of what all of it is saying is that everything is pure potential. In the beginning is pure potential. In the beginning is pure potential. Ernest Holmes says this, The history of religion is a history of periodic breaking away from the older body and the formulation of a new body of disciples to whom had come new light and a more satisfying experience. And that's what we're doing, right? We are. Ernest Holmes said we're open at the top. So we are here to create this new vision, this new Jerusalem, whatever you want to call it, this new idea of satisfying life. We're not here to argue creation stories. I'm not going to do that, right? Which one is truth, you know? We could have that discussion forever and always, like they did in the Middle Ages. How many angels can dance on the head of a pin? Let's have that discussion, you know? There is no really clear answer to that. But if we take these creation stories for what they are, right, they're meant to tell a story. They're meant to, to convey a message every faith tradition has their own creation story every faith tradition has an in the beginning right just like every good fairy tale starts with once upon a time right new york where i grew up every story started with hey mud on you don't you're not gonna believe what happened here <laughs> right every story starts with something Beginning stories are meant to convey a message. They provide a belonging message. They're greater than we are, where we came from. But a connection to something bigger, a connection to that bigger picture. I am part of this vast experience called life. And so is each and every one of us. And that's what those creation stories were meant to convey. That we are part of something greater and grander and more beautiful and more perfect than ever. That's why creation stories exist. They paint a picture of where we came from and who we are. But when we talk about in the beginning, we have to remember that the beginning is always happening. The beginning just didn't happen once. We have to remind ourselves the beginning is always beginning. We are always becoming. The beginning just didn't happen once, seven billion years ago, right? When, when, when the Big Bang happened, or 6,000 years ago, depending on your faith tradition, right? It didn't just happen once, but it is continuously happening. Beginning is happening every time we have a new thought, every time we take a new breath. Ernest Holmes said, creation is always beginning but never ending, The slightest thought of intelligence sets power in motion through the law, producing a corresponding thing. Things may come and things may go, but creation goes on forever. And that's what we know. Every time we wake up in the morning, that's a new beginning. Every breath we take, that's a new beginning. Beginnings happen every moment. Our philosophy is called new thought. Because at any moment we can have a new thought. It changes the trajectory of our lives, right? New thought, new belief, new direction. It changes, it creates a new. At any moment we can change our thinking. There you go. Change your thinking, change your life, right? And how do we do that? By embodying spiritual principles we discover. Right, And we discover them through teachings like this, through these types of philosophies. We discover spiritual principles. We don't just read about them. We don't just listen to them on Sunday morning, but I'm glad you do. <laughs> but, but it's more than that. It's taking them out on a road trip. It's experimenting with them. It's test driving them. We have to prove spiritual principles in order to live them, yes? Embody, embody, um, to be an expression of or to give tangible or visible form to. That's what embody is. So we take these spiritual principles and we work them in our lives. We use them, we test them, we we experiment with them, we try them out. It's what it means to embody, to be an expression of, to be the thing, to not think about it or talk about it, but be that spiritual principle in the world. Live that spiritual principle in the world. Be the embodiment of it. Ernest Holmes said uh, when he was discussing divine principle, because that's the other part of this thing, right? Embody spiritual principles. Spiritual causation operating through universal law. That's what it is. Such is the power of right thinking that it cancels and erases everything unlike itself. Place no limit on principle. It answers every question, solves every problem, is the solution to every difficulty. We are limited... Not by principle, but by our own ability to see perfection. So the principle itself is unlimited. We are the ones that take it so far and then go, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. Where is your line? Where is your line in the sand that spirit can do anything except that? Right? Where do you place a limit on God? It says, one who understands the use of divine principle never tries to suggest or personally influence another. We are just here to know for ourselves and to be those beacons of light. Be spiritual principle in the world. And that's all fine and good, but then you say, okay, so name a spiritual principle. (laughs) What are we talking about here, right? This is a practical spirituality, so we need to make it practical. So what what is a spiritual principle? Okay, well, I looked it up. <laughs> and everybody has got their own ideas about what spiritual principles are. It's amazing. They're all over the internet. You can just go look them up. There's ten spiritual principles for a better life. There's twelve, there's twenty, there's eighty-eight. Go figure. There are there are they're all over the place. And Ernest Holmes has his own list, and so did you know Raymond Charles Barker and and What's his name, the writer? Wayne Dyer, he had a a whole book, I think, of ten spiritual principles to put in your life. And so did Dan Major, who was um, a a social worker. And so he wrote this book called Some Assembly Required, which I thought was kind of cute. Anyway, he had a group of uh, ten spiritual principles. And so looking through all of them, I kind of pulled the ones that were common to all of these lists. And number one on the list was Acceptance. It's a spiritual principle, acceptance. You can dislike situations and still accept them. You know the expression, you know, you've heard it around New Thought Circles over and over again, what you resist persists, right? You've all heard it. We've heard it, you know, to death. Anyway, the end part of that, what you resist persists, what you accept you can transform. What you accept you can transform. So it's not about pushing stuff away. It's about going, okay, here I am. What am I going to do with it? Here it is. What do I do with it, right? What you can accept, you can transform. So acceptance is is one spiritual principle. Just look on things. You don't have to like it. You don't have to judge it. Just that's that's the way it is. It's like Byron Katie's work, Loving What Is, right? There it is. That's it. What do I do with it? Another spiritual principle, (sighs) open-mindedness. Open-mindedness. Respectful of. And receptive to, new information. Open to things, but not attached to them. So I can believe what I want to believe, but I can absolutely hear you with an open heart. I can hear you, I can understand you, I may not agree with you. But open-mindedness, to be able to be respectful and receptive. Number three, and we all know this one, gratitude. Gratitude is a spiritual principle, absolutely. What else can we say about gratitude that we haven't already said? Thankfulness for everything in our lives. Being grateful in all things. Maybe not for all things. Some things really are not pleasant. And yet, what do we know? We know that those are the things that make us who we are. Those are the gifts that that come to us in maybe awful ways, but that provide us with a growth experience we may not have gotten any other way. So even the stuff that we, eh, you know, we're not, we're not happy about, we can still be grateful in them, in that they came with a gift in their hands. They may be transformed the way we thought about something, or the way we do something, or the way we think about something. So being grateful, being grateful in all things means everything that happens to us can be used by us, right? It can all be used by us. Number four, humility. <sighs> humility is sometimes described as not thinking less of oneself, but rather thinking of oneself less. So it's, it's not about you know, I'm not worthy as much as it is being of service in the world. Thinking about humility is being a realistic thinker of our own strengths and our own weaknesses and also being a realistic thinker regarding other people's strengths and weaknesses. Being able to ask for help when we need it without feeling like, oh, I can't, right? I mean... You know, we're really great when it comes to helping others, right? I mean, really, honestly, if someone has a problem, we are the first people there. We charge in. What do you need? You need furniture? You need money? You need transportation? What do you need? I've got it. I'm there. I'm going to help you. But how easy is it for us to ask for things, to ask for that kind of help, right? We're kind of out of balance, a lot of times. And it's, it's that quality of humility that allows us to ask for help when we need it. To recognize that someone else maybe has a, weak, has a strength where we have a weakness. And so we ask for that input. Humility is knowing we are all members of the human tribe. And we're all equals. And we, we, we all have gifts to give. And, and we all need help. And we all get help. And we all give help. It's a, it balances out when we're able to Ask. So humility is the fourth. Patience. <laughs> yeah, you laugh. You laugh because, you know, we all want patience, but we want it right now. <laughs> you know, patience for me is, is the belief that spirit has my back. I don't have to figure out how this is going to happen because I trust spirit. So if it's not happening according to my timeline, it's still okay. It's still okay. Patience is the ability to tolerate frustration and to delay gratification. It takes patience to allow time to pass before responding or before making a decision or before taking action. It's a thing that maybe some of us are not really that great with. Some of us have, have just, yeah, I just need to know the end of that book, you know. <laughs> that was me, like, ten years ago. I couldn't even read a novel. Get, like, get a quarter of the way through, I had to read the last couple of chapters, so I knew how it came out, because I didn't want to read it if it didn't come out the way I wanted it to. <sighs> Patience. Patience in making decisions, patience in... Now Now I have a very long runway, and I like that, you know? It's sort of like I can sit back and I can take that time, take that time before responding or before making a decision or taking action. Number six, integrity. Integrity is a spiritual principle. Do what you say, say what you mean, mean what you do. Being in integrity. When your head and your heart and your feet are all in alignment with your highest and best good, then you're walking in integrity. Number seven, faith. Faith is a spiritual principle as well. Belief in a power and presence beyond oneself. Practicing faith means relinquishing... The need to try to control people, to try to control situations. Trusting that things work out exactly the way they need to, which may be very, very different from the way we want them to. But that's faith. That's faith. Trusting that spirit has a greater picture. We're looking at our lives through this little pinhole camera, and yet spirit has the entire view. So faith is trusting, trusting that that spirit knows and being able to surrender that. Number eight is forgiveness. And I don't even want to talk about forgiveness anymore after last month. I think we talked it to death, did we not? (laughs) Holy moly. Anyway, I'm assuming we all have a good grasp on forgiveness. It's letting go of someone else's behavior of the past, right? in order to free ourselves in the present. That's really what forgiveness is about. It's about freeing the person we have in the jail of their past behavior, because we're the ones that are the wardens, and we're the ones with the keys, and we're the ones that are stuck in the past right along with them, until we forgive. It's not about them, it's about us. And number nine is self-acceptance. Self acceptance is a spiritual principle to know that you are an out picturing of the divine. (sighs) Breathe that in. Breathe that in. I am an out picturing of the divine. Say that. I am an out picturing of the divine. Absolutely. I'm an idea that God is having. I am an idea that God is having. is much better than beating yourself up, isn't it? Doesn't it feel better? Acceptance is the idea that we are whole, perfect, and complete just as we are, just as we were created, that we are deserving of the kingdom because we exist. We don't have to do anything. We didn't have to earn it. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to read enough self-help books to get it. (laughs) We are here... In physical form, which means spirit intended you, and here you are. Therefore, you are already deserving of all the good the kingdom has to offer. Self-acceptance. And number ten, service. Service is a spiritual principle. It can be paying it back, right, for all the good that you already know and have in your life. It can be paying it forward because of something good that happened to you and you want to pass it on. It can be a one-time pitching in in an emergency, right? Clothes for the fire victims or whatever, whatever. It can be an ongoing commitment every week, every Wednesday, every whatever, you know, opening up the doors and serving cookies and and coffee or whatever. Whatever it is, it's service to something greater. We always feel better when we're helping other people feel better. Isn't that true? We always feel better when we're helping other people feel better. It keeps us, and here's the thing, it keeps us connected to each other, and it keeps us connected to the whole. Which brings us right back to the beginning, doesn't it? Right back to the creation story of being connected to something greater than ourselves, which is what this is all about, which is what spiritual community is all about being connected to something greater than ourselves and and knowing that the sum total is, is greater than, what is it, the total is greater than the sum of its parts, that we are that. Ernest Holmes said this, The science of mind is the study of the principle of being, the source or cause from which a thing results, a truth which is unchangeable. We first understand a principle, and then we relate it to our lives for the final test. Welcome to 2019. We're going to take the spiritual principles out for a test drive. <laughs> We're going to use them, not just talk about them. We are going to put them to the test. We're going to prove the principles in our lives, And we're going to up-level 2019 bigger, better, more outrageous, more abundant, more prosperous, more loving, more joyous than any other year. How about that? How does that sound? Thank you. so glad Reverend Patty has little mics or cameras at my house because she totally makes me